The reading is taken from Mark chapter 6. Jesus called the twelve disciples and began to send them out two by two, and he gave them power over the travelling spirits that would get in their way. He told them not to take anything with them for the journey, except for a walking stick. No bag, no bread, no money. They should wear sandals, but not wear extra clothes. Jesus said to them, Stay where you are welcomed. Where you are not welcome, shake your feet as you leave, as a sign that you're leaving it all behind. So the twelve went out and told people the good news, that they could turn their lives around. And they got rid of loads of demons, and they healed lots of people. Jesus made his disciples get into a boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the lake. When he'd said goodbye, he went to a mountain to pray. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on the land. He saw them struggling to row because there was a wind blowing against them. In the early morning, he came to them, walking on the sea and he wanted to pass them by. But when they saw him walking on the sea, they thought he was a ghost and screamed in terror. Right away he spoke to them and said, courage, it's me, don't be afraid. Jesus got into the boat with them and the wind dropped. They were totally astonished because they didn't understand. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lucy. Um, that was a kind of a precy of um, parts of Mark chapter 6, but it was by Paula Gooder, who's a terrifically good theologian, so I figured it would be okay to use it this morning. So we are uh, looking at our journey with Jesus, and rather than um, a kind of how-to sermon this morning, um, which I thought would probably take up most of the day, and you wouldn't want that, I'm kind of doing a bit of uh, an overview of what what our journey with Jesus might kind of look like. So we've heard some bits about the disciples here. Any disciples in the room? Oh, marvellous, we've got one, two, three, four, oh, loads, great. Um, I wondered if you would just like to, you know, nail the colours to the post, maybe stand up, um, as many as we like, and just stand in the, in the middle aisle. And just to make it a little bit more interesting, if you stand in order of your first name, with the, so if your name is Andrew, you would come and stand here. Oh, I think we do have an Andrew. Not looking at anybody apart from an Andrew right now. Um, and if your name is, is Sam, you would, you would be further back. But the thing is, of course, you are going to have to talk to each other, otherwise you're not going to know where to stand in the line. So, how about that? Do you, somebody fancy giving it a go? If, oh, there we go. There's a Margaret. Yes, I think as you're Andrew, that would be fantastic. 
Wow, we've got lots of disciples in the room this morning. That's fantastic. And all having a little chat with one another. I can see lots of smiling faces, so that's, that's a plus sign. Okay, at this point you can cheat and you can just, you can just duck next, duck in next to a disciple. Okay, <coughs> if I can just break into your discipling conversation, we do have a sermon to get through after all. The thing, the thing about the disciples, okay, the thing about the disciples, hello, the thing about the disciples is that they were very noisy and very talkative. Um, the disciples are marked by Jesus. What we heard in um, the first part was that they were given authority by Jesus. I think for us, we kind of understand, do we not, that we have been given the Holy Spirit. That's what we're marked by. And I heard you, you are going to have to stand here for a little while, sorry. Um, I heard something this last week that was called the Lockhart's Principle. Has anybody heard of Lockhart's Principle? Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah, yeah. That, he heard it from me. Oh, no, you didn't. You, you were there. Yeah. Okay, so the Lockhart's principle is simply this. Every contact leaves a trace. And it actually forms the basis of forensic science. It's how, it's how the criminals, the bad guys, are, cat, are caught. Because wherever they go onto a property, they leave a trace wherever they have been. Whatever they, and it's the same and true with us, wherever we go, whoever contact we have, we leave a trace. And so that's kind of true humanly, but it's also true spiritually. We saw that with these 12 disciples. Wherever they went in the villages, they left a trace as they were throwing out demons and healing lots of people. Sorry, this is a test for our ears as well, isn't it? As a disciple of Jesus, with his spirit within us, when we are empowered by that, wherever we go, whatever we do, we leave a trace of God's kingdom. And so that's my first kind of thing about being a disciple and journeying with Jesus. It's recognizing that by his spirit, empowered by his spirit, whatever we do, wherever we go, we leave a trace of the kingdom. Now, there's a fantastic amount of disciples um, in the middle of the room. And I just wondered if you would just like to go and just leave a trace, maybe go to somebody and smile at them. Maybe go to somebody and bless them. But there's nothing quite like putting it into action, is there? So as disciples, just go 
and bless somebody, leave a trace of the kingdom. Be good if you moved around. And particularly for those who are, have remained seated, maybe you would like to go and bless them too. Smile at them and say how lovely it is to see them. Lovely, and then maybe you would like to make your way back to your seat. <laughs> it's chaos reigns in the kingdom of God. It's a great opportunity to speak to people. <clears throat> so that was kind of my first thought about journeying with Jesus. Wherever we go, whatever contact we make, we leave a trace. Well, a hop, skip and a jump through chapter, Mark chapter six, and the disciples are in a very different place, having a very different experience. They've actually just come from feeding the 5,000, so they had quite a lot of fun there, having a feast with these people. And Jesus then sent them on a boat, but they were really having quite a hard time as they were kind of trying to row across the lake as the wind was against them. And I'm fairly certain that they were probably quite fed up and tired by this point. And without them knowing, Jesus stood on the shore watching them. I find that quite an intriguing thought. And when he then decided that it was the time to get to Bethsaida, which is the village he was going to. He went on the water and was going to pass them by. And maybe he just wanted to surprise them. Well, he ended up there. Who knows? But the disciples were completely spooked by what they saw. And these great, strong fishermen screamed with fear as they thought they had seen a ghost. And that's when Jesus says, take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. And I just wondered, as part of our discipleship, part of our journeying with Jesus, whether there are times when you feel that you are on the lake, rowing hard, doing what Jesus wanted you to do, and Jesus is on the shore, miles away, watching you struggle. I wondered whether there was something in this scenario that you could just think, do you know, I have had times in my life when I feel like that. There are times when we just don't really know what's going on. The times when we might cry out, God, where are you? I don't understand what is happening. And I wondered whether this experience is actually just a normal part of our journeying with Jesus. 
that faith and doubt, understanding and misunderstanding, are actually all part of the way. Maybe the secret to our journeying with Jesus is to keep it real, to act in faith when we have faith, to scream in doubt when we have doubts, but to keep the conversation real with him, to keep talking to him, waiting until that time when he has caught, as it were, caught up with us and we hear his voice. Take courage, it's me, don't be afraid. For all through our lives, although we're talking about our journey with Jesus, what I suspect is a more accurate way of saying it is he journeys with us. That while we oscillate between faith and doubt, he is always faithful to us. He believes in us far more than we ever believe in him. He longs for our presence far more than we long for his. And though I think as we begin our journey in faith, as babes, and our understanding is perhaps quite limited, while we always will be children of God, he does want us to grow up. And I think growing up in Christ comes from keeping that conversation real with him, talking about where we're at and listening for his voice. I mean, look at where the disciples ended up. At this time, they were quivering wrecks in a boat. Later on, they planted a worldwide movement. So I wondered whether it's a trust him, whether microphones work or whether they don't, in the unexpected twists and turns of life, that our trust in him it becomes more about realizing how much he is faithful to us and that he keeps us safe, as it were. And then just to close, I could not mention really about walking on water, could I? Because it is such an extraordinary thing. So I wonder whether it's less about Jesus kind of manipulating the natural world for his own convenience of getting across the lake quickly, but more about drawing a veil back so that we glimpse in him and through him God's kingdom breaking through into the kingdom of earth as we witness the power that exists of a life lived in total surrender to the Father. And that, I guess, is part of where we're wanting to journey to. Part that that's what we long for, a life of 
companionship with God, a life working together with him as we journey step by step. So I pray that God will help us on our journey today.